You wear your scars like Sunday best, like a six inch heel in a summer dress, like the beauty of the sun setting or a new day dawning, almost like a flower that's blooming. Look at that handful of tomorrow's knocking, possibilities mapped in the ground that you walk in, your radiance is haunting, there is flawlessness in the parts where your body is curving. Through you we see the glamour in breaking, in weeping until you cleanse, in falling until you dance, in giving yourself a second chance, in sending yourself love letters and then writing back, because that is how a godly woman breaks. You wear your scars like Sunday best. Hello and welcome to another episode of How I Wear My Scars, Finding Beauty and Brokenness. A shout out to Nolutando Butelezi Poetry and Current Affairs. We are forever grateful for that beautiful intro. Thank you for coming to this platform. Thank you for clicking the link. Thank you for being interested to find out what this story is all about. And I'm really, really still grateful for all the testimonies that you've been sending me as you've been listening to the different stories. I'm grateful for the ladies that have shared their stories on the platform as well. And thank you for spreading the word about it. Remember, if you're listening from a platform, that allows you to subscribe please do so and spread the link and the news of how away my scars far and wide and your own social media connections and uh, to you know the people that you know as well so that we can all be impacted positively and above all things be given hope um, for the situations that we are facing in our lives because life is full of trials it's full of tribulations and you never know who can relate to a certain story that has been uploaded you're more than welcome if you're joining us for the first time to go back and revisit the other stories or visit the other stories that we have posted before um, maybe you will find something that you can relate to that can actually give you hope for your situation that seems hopeless at the moment. So today I chat to a friend of mine, her name is Matepo Silitswane and she shares her story about her battle with uh, TB, the stigma and um, show how God wrote her love story and I think you know, it it, it, it really warms my heart listening to her testimony it warms my heart um, listening to the faithfulness of God in her life and really uh, you might not be somebody that is battling from a sickness or something like that but i think it really is for somebody that is battling with something that you know exposes you in the eyes of people where you have to deal with a difficulty and a storm in the sights of people i mean sickness um is not easy in front of abandu losing weight not fitting into your clothes and all that kind of thing you'll find out as she chats about it in front of people in front of an audience that has something to say that will assume things about you that will you know gossip about you speak ill about you and that kind of thing cannot be easy and maybe yours is not sickness but you are going through something right now in your life and people are talking and people are watching this is for you to listen to and also secondly um for somebody that you know is is finding themselves in a situation where they've been trusting god for a partner for a life partner for a husband and uh maybe for a wife if you're a guy that is tuning in this afternoon and maybe you've lost all hope i dare you to listen to the end of matepo's testimony so it's broken into two parts um so the one about healing and the one about how god wrote her love story and actually brought her and her husband together it really will give you hope and it will bless your heart and for me 
to sum it up, it really goes to show that the ways of the Lord are so much higher than ours and that God knows the plans that he has for our lives. Sometimes we limit the plans of God because we have certain plans for ourselves. We limit the plans of God because of the plans that people impose on us, our family members, our you know, our loved ones, our friends. The plans that they impose on us in the, make us to lose sight of the plans that God still has for our lives. And so we lose hope along the way because our plans are not working out, because our family members' plans on over our lives are not working out. But God still says, I have a plan and I know the plan that I have for you. So I just dare you to hold on long enough to see the fulfillment of the plan of God over your life and over your situation and not allow, you know, your own plans and the failure of those plans to really dismiss that God still has something coming your way. So yes, this is how I wear my scars, finding beauty in brokenness, finding hope and healing in even the most difficult of situations. So my Tepo story is coming up next to enjoy. Love found me on the verge of death. Matepo's story. Zintle, I don't know if you've been through some really difficult ordeal where you did not even know where your help would come from. Leanda Ozinkle, where gloom lingers longer than you anticipated until you feel hope slipping through your fingers and that fear that suffocates you with its claws like a prey. My name is Matsebo Seletswane, a lover of Jesus, a wife, a mama bear to two cute cubs, and an extrovert at heart. I love meaningful conversations, beautiful spaces, a good read, and not forgetting delicious food. My passion is to inspire others in their faith walk by sharing my stories through blogging and speaking engagements. I blog on the faith receipt. When I am not working or wearing my mom-wife hat, then I am probably talking about the goodness of the Lord. Nothing exciting. This is my story. I remember vividly, like yesterday, fear hanged over my head like a dark cloud as I contemplated to myself, something is seriously wrong with me. To my frustration, I would get admitted to hospitals with no clear diagnosis but get treated for pneumonia or bronchitis and get discharged after days or weeks at times, but the problem still seemed to be hanging around. This happened in intervals and dragged for about three years. At this stage, my health had deteriorated drastically and my weight, which was never grand to begin with, had dropped immensely. I would gasp for air while breathing at times and walking had become an enemy as I did not have much strength. None of my clothes fitted me at this stage and I had to find creative ways to redesign my outfits by putting undergarments with every outfit and wearing dresses with tights, two vests, just to gain a kilo or two. It was horrifying but I had to survive. It was very, very hard, but I was not about to give up. I remember this other day during lunchtime at work, my friends and I were on our way to get lunch and I suddenly felt myself leaving my body, almost like I was holding on to it by a thread. I paused and whispered a prayer, God, am I dying? But I don't want to die. Not here. 
and not now, I said desperately. Still, doctors could not find what the underlying problem was, so they could treat me effectively once and for all, Z. I wanted to live. I was desperate to live. Gossips were thrown at me like stones to kill me and to bury me. But I kept my head up and hid his word in my heart. People diagnosed me according to their credentials, but I still have to keep my head up and stand on faith. Somehow, his grace kept me during this time. It hid me from death. All I did, Z, all I did literally during this time was to study the word of God, listen to teachings on healing and prayed. It's not like I had many options anyway. The Jesus I had been professing about to others had to be my help. I had to run to him now more than ever to help me. I did nothing else but this. I had no energy, no strength, no time, not even a weight to look the part for anything else but to make sure I live. My mom and I would pray until the wee hours of the morning only for her to live for work without much sleep. Fear Z had terrorized me to a point that I was terrified of sleeping alone. So my mom, in all her humility, she slept with me during this time. It was hard. It was very hard. I can never stress enough. But I was not willing to give up. I was not willing to throw my hope. A breakthrough came when my doctor, who had been amazing through this journey and has become more than a doctor to me, called to tell me a certain lung specialist was willing to take my case. God had answered, helped it come, I rejoiced. I remember walking in his office, this lung specialist. He had my x-rays and scans on his desk and seemed shocked to see me walking in. His gaze made me feel so uncomfortable, but I was not about to move out of my faith. So I greeted him warmly with a weary smile, and he stood in awe, I'm not sure of what, and humbly asked me to take a seat. He went straight to my scans and asked me sharply, how are you walking by yourself and even still alive? Before I could even answer, he baffled, I don't understand. According to these results, you should not even be alive. His words flooded his office, but I was not offended. It was true. I shouldn't be alive, but God. I shouldn't be here, but God. He came close to my face and steadily looked in my eyes and asked me the big question. If I risk and take you to theater, so we try and see what is wrong with your lung, will you wake up? No one in your condition, according to these results, has made it after theater. He stabbed me with his words. I responded quickly and answered, Jesus will wake me up. Jesus will use you to help me. He kept me alive for so long. For this time, he'll wake me up. They found out that I had TB, tuberculosis, in its worst state and put me on a treatment right away. 
all doctors were involved in my case were shocked to see that after theater, I was well and even eating. But God kept me through it all, see. When the odds were against me, he kept me. His grace was sufficient for me during that time, and his word did not return to him void, but accomplished what he said it would do. What I got and what I've learned from this terrible and scary ordeal is that in this life, we will face tribulations. In this life, we will face challenges and we will feel life is not fair. I've learned that faith not tested cannot be trusted. I've come to understand what the word of God means when it says faith without actions is dead. I don't know what your listeners who might come to this message are going through, what their fears are, but I know this. If they take their matter to Jesus, he will help them for he cares for them with unconditional love. If they could just trust him with their situation, no matter how messy, how sticky, or how smelly it is, Jesus will come through for them. If they will stick with the word of God, no matter how hard it is, if they will stick with it and refuse to move out of faith, they will eat the fruits of their faith. That I know for sure. Zintle, that was the healing part of my testimony. The second part is how God wrote mine and my husband's story. I met my husband two months before I started with my TB treatment. I had prayed before sometimes in my life for a life partner, but years have come and gone without anything coming out of it. So I had forgotten about that prayer. During my desperation of being healed, I met two lovely ladies. One of these ladies invited me to their prayer group through WhatsApp, where they will pray and share the word. So being a faith enthusiastic myself, I jumped into it and joined in the group. So more often than not, I would share the word and lead prayers on the group whenever the leader was not available. This one night, though, after I've shared the word for the evening, I got a random message privately on WhatsApp. This person, whom I assumed was a lady, was expressing how intrigued he was at how much I knew the word. He sounded sincere, Yena, but I brushed him off as an awkward compliment by saying, Thank you, my sister. That's when he explained to me that actually he was a brother. I, I was shocked as I assumed the group was only for ladies. Not sure why I thought so, but I did. I apologized and quickly escaped the conversation. I did not have time for a man, not when I was fighting for my life. The, ne the next morning, I was welcomed by a warm text of greetings, which led to a long conversation. We would chat the whole day, literally, Zinkley. And all our conversations somehow led to God, which was a breath of fresh air for me. I found out that he lived in Bloemfontein, that he was single, and he seemed like a man after God's heart. I enjoyed talking to him so much, and he distracted me from my obsession of being healed while I was waiting on the Lord. In a month of us chatting, 
after one of our evening prayers at the prayer group, we started chatting, which is what we would normally do. He then proclaimed his love for me, which I did not take too well. I was very, very upset with him, Z. I mean, how dare he claims to love me when he has never met me. Where I come from, people don't love people without seeing them. In the month when we were chatting, I did not even have any of my pictures on my profile. Yes, maybe he had asked one of those ladies for my pictures. I do not know. But all I knew, I was very upset with him. And I made my anger known to him and gave him all my valid reasons. His response shook me and my carnality to the ground. He told me he didn't have to see how I look for him to fall in love with me. As he didn't say he was in love with my looks, but he was in love with me. And he knows that he is in love with me. And I shouldn't tell him otherwise. Hi, Gemina. I have never heard of that ever in my life. But a seed of hope was planted in my heart that maybe in the midst of this darkness, something good might come out of it. Days after that, he calls me to tell me he'll be visiting his friends in Joburg and he would like to see me, which shook me as I was not ready to meet him. I stalled, of course, but he was not taking no for an answer. He passed by my work on his arrival to Johannesburg without even checking with me. When he told me he was outside my work, I froze and the Nyagwas would freeze on fuzz and started questioning my looks, my weight, the coughing, but I had to show up. As I walked down the escalators to the reception, I could see him outside where he was waiting. He looked so handsome, which I didn't expect, and rather on the serious side of things, unlike me. Goodness, I walked towards him. He hugged me and I held my hand while smiling. I wanted to run away, Zintle. That Saturday, he took me out for a picnic and I was in awe at his gentle nature. I told him all about my struggle with the sickness, but he was not moved and assured me he'll pray with me and God will heal me. When I got admitted to hospital, he drove to see me and embraced me with a kiss on his way in. I was so shocked. I mean, who kisses someone being treated with TPZ? Hi, Lendota. I felt so ugly and so conscious of this sickness while sitting with him there. But he kept telling me how beautiful I was, which I did not believe him, of course. He made me feel so warm on the inside. I felt at home with him. And we were officially dating from then. Dating with no sex, as he had the same beliefs of no sex before marriage. He firmly believed of keeping himself pure for marriage, which made things easier. And I was so excited about because I was constantly worried of being rejected by another guy because I wouldn't sleep with him. He would take me out on dates whenever he was around in Joburg, which I enjoyed a lot. Five months in our dating, we went to go visit friends in Botswana with a mutual friend. It was beautiful, Zintle. It was beautiful. 
I had a great time. It was something I've never had, something I have never experienced. Six months in our dating, he was supposed to come visit me here in Johannesburg. Whenever he was coming the side, he would spend a night at a friend's place. As I was praying that Thursday morning, I remember vividly, God told me that something great was about to happen that day. But I just brushed God off with an amen, Lord, and went out to work like we'd normally do when praying. And that night, Zintle, he proposed. To cut the long story short, we have now been married for five years with two kids, a boy and a girl. I got married when I was 34, when everyone had given up on me, when people have thrown questions at me, when some family members had lied about me or even assumed that I was a lesbian. Zintle, what I've learned through this whole experience is that sometimes we can be too quick to dismiss love, that sometimes we can miss on love if it did not come the way we expected it to come. But we shouldn't put God in a box. We should wait on him and trust on his ways. I have learned Zintle, that amidst our storms, God gives us treasures for us to find. But we can only find these treasures when we keep our eyes on him and follow his leadings. Zintle, I have learned Guti, there is always a silver lining in every dark cloud. And we shouldn't miss it by quitting too soon on God. I am Matsepo Siletswane, and this is how I wear my scars.